Also, how many of you were here last week? I know, I know it's a Thanksgiving week and typically sandwiched between Thanksgiving week, we have a lot of people away, so coming and going on vacations and family arriving and leaving and so on. So we had a special week last week and, and uh, we had Manny and Wilma Costa here, but like, like we said, we also had uh, the, the youth band and we had video testimonies, it was a pretty cool Sunday, um, but Manny and Wilma had that, that Jimmy's um, Holy Smokes barbecue was out in the parking lot. How many of you enjoyed Jimmy's Holy Smokes barbecue? Wasn't it good? You know, I never got to taste any of the ribs. I, I, the ribs were, the, they were gone by the time. How many of you had ribs? Was it good? I, I heard that they said, you better get the ribs now. So next time we get Jimmy back, we're going to have to get more ribs and more sides. Jimmy was very apologetic that they ran out of sides. But I wanted to say a big thank you for just cleaning them out. You guys lined up and, and you, just, you just cleaned them out. And I think there was some pulled pork and, a, and chicken left over. There were no sides at the end of the line. So if you were at the end of the line, you got bonus meat. But that was all that you did. But, it, but you guys really cleared them out. And, and Manny called me Sunday afternoon. And he was just, his heart was so grateful because of, of the ministry that they're doing in Mexico, planting churches. And, and like I said, that's pretty, they don't go into details, but they are sponsoring people in Morocco. I think it's Morocco. It's one of those places that these people, that they are getting people into Islamic speaking countries, that they are training. It's just amazing all the work that they're doing. But Manny called me back with his heart full of gratitude. And he said, guys, you guys raised by just buying barbecue that day because Jimmy does it for them for free. He does all of that work for free, um, and uh, since he's been on a mission trip with Manny and Wilma, we, we were able to help raise $2,900 and $2,915 for them. Wasn't that awesome? So um, just a big thank you guys for jumping in. You know, you know one thing that has, it's always amazed me that I've loved about America, um, America is a very unusual country, especially when you travel the world. It's, it's, it's a fascinating country to me because without doubt... To me, it is one of the most generous nations in the world. And, and I say that because it's also one of the most selfish nations of the world. And, and you have this, this, this place because there is such, quote-unquote, freedom in America. People are free to be who themselves are. So you can, be, you can be an astronaut in America, but you can also be a couch potato and do nothing. You know what I mean? You've got that liberty. You can do, and, 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 and it's, it's interesting. So you have this extreme selfishness um, that I've seen in the nation and people that are so self-centered, but by far and away, I have seen percentage of the amount of people that are exceedingly generous is an awesome thing. And you know, that's a decision that we have to make. But, but I, just, I am just so blessed that this nation... So, I know that we have a concentration of people here <laughs> at Lake Haven Church that are just those kind of people that, that just love and they love to give. They love to, they love to bless people. And what's amazing to me, it's just like it reminds me of that woman um, that gave her two pennies when Jesus said she gave more than everybody else. Those two pennies she gave, Jesus said she gave more than anybody else because she gave it all. You see, Jesus doesn't look at how much you give. He looks at how much you keep. Think about that. 
he, he, you know, he, he, she was just willing to invest. And, and you know, it just, that's what I've seen. I've seen people that are just, they are just so committed to, to being a blessing that, they are, that they're willing to jump in. And, and it's not just money. I know giving has got to do with your time and your, your talents and your energy and your treasure, all of those things. So, but, but man, I'm so grateful. Thank you for, for, for participating with us here as we, as we embark, as we continue to embark on this plan that God has for us at Lake Haven. Amen. Amen. I see Miss D here this morning. Hey, Miss D. It's nice to see you around. I know she was, being, she, she was out for a little while um, with some, some, um, uh, some issues. Anyhow, I wanted to mention this as well before um, T mentioned Christmas Eve service, which is, this is a Christmas Eve that falls on a Sunday. So we will not have an evening service. We were just going to have a Christmas Eve Sunday. But I do want to mention that the following Sunday is going to be New Year's Eve. And we're going to do a special, it's going to be a fifth Sunday but we're going to have tables set up, and we're going to do a communion and dedication service. So we're going to have a joint like we've done before. We're going to have a fun communion that's going to be around tables, around round tables. But um, but we're going to we're going to do communion. We're going to do communion, and then um, you'll you'll hear some more details on that. So it's going to be a fun Sunday on right on the 31st of of um, December. But I also remember the following week after that, January 7th, Brian and Jennifer Essary are going to be here. So, so though many of you know Brian and Jen, they're we're the, the evangelist and we're getting ready to go and do a crusade with Brian and Jen in the DR in June. Um, if you're interested in being on that crusade, start saving now, get your money aside, start raising funds, because that's going to be an awesome, life-changing opportunity for you to see, be part of a, of a live crusade in and it's, I just think this, it's so awesome to be part of a live uh, open-air gospel crusade, to see the power of God at work in people's lives. And so that's going to be in June. But Brian and Jen Essary are going to be here on the 7th of January, 7th of January, and they're going to do, they're going to remember, they're going to do the Sunday morning service, and then they're going to start in the evening, Sunday evening through Wednesday evening, the 10th. They, every evening they're going to be doing, um, Brian has a course called um, Miracle Lifestyle University. So Miracle Lifestyle University is a course that he does, and it's going to be in the evenings only, so people who are working can, can make it, um, and he, uh, it's just going to be an awesome opportunity. He's going to be teach, teach you how to share the gospel, but also how to pray for people and expect God to do miracles for people. So remember that. I want that sort of in preparation of the, of the trip that we're going to do, but as well as equipping us to do the work of the ministry, right? Ephesians 4, we are the ones that are equipped to do the work of the ministry. Remember, I say it often here, you are the closest thing to Jesus. You are the closest thing to Jesus that most people around you will ever experience. Yeah. Are you willing to be that? Are you willing to be His hands? Are you willing to be His feet? Are you willing to be His mouthpiece? Well, let's just continue together. Let's work. Let's uh, allow ourselves to be equipped. And that's what part of the work of an evangelist is to do, help to equip us to do the work of the ministry. That's what part of the fivefold does. So that's, remember, January the 7th through the 10th. Um, definitely pencil that in because we're going to start the year off and it's going to be awesome. Um, and like I said, we've got that, that communion service, the night, uh, the dedication communion the, or the week before on that Sunday, the 31st. Amen. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> so um, I wanted to, I wanted to, we started a topic last week and we were talking about gratitude. Um, and, and gratitude is, is something that I've, I had on my heart that, that I really wanted to just explore a little bit deeper uh, because gratitude is not just a feeling. Gratitude is a force. 
And when you understand that the power of gratitude uh, in your life, the power of living and, and adopting a lifestyle of gratitude, an awareness of gratitude is an awesome force for you that God has placed in your ability. You know that you can change your emotions with gratitude. You can, I honestly believe that you can get yourself out of depression with gratitude. You can learn to use, we are designed to, to be a grateful people. We are designed, in fact, it should be the earmark of a Christian, of a believer, is somebody who is grateful. And, and you know, there, there is such a move um, of ingratitude in the world today. That I mentioned this, I touched on it last week, but there, the, the Lord actually calls, uh, the, the Word of God mentions a couple of times that, that, that there, it's actually evil to be ungrateful. I, I'm going to touch where it was in Romans chapter 1 verse 21. For though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him. But they became, fut they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. They, they didn't give thanks to God. They never acknowledged Him God or give thanks to Him. In, in Luke chapter 6 verse 35 it says, But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for He is kind to the ungrateful and evil, which is interesting to me. He, he associates ungratefulness with evil people. God's even kind, listen to this, not just to the evil people, but even to the ungrateful ones. <laughs> Second Timothy 3, for people will be lovers. I've touched on this, and I'm, I'm looking forward to explore this in a couple of weeks, but in, a, in, in uh, Second Corinthians, uh, Timothy 3, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful and unholy. unholy. He's talking here, and he goes into a lot in that, in that realm, but, but I wanted to point out again, one of the signs of the times of the end of the age is going to be ingratitude. Ingratitude, right? So we see that there, it's pretty. It's a pretty. It, it's a pretty. Uh, it's 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 a it's a remarkable thing to not be associated with ingratitude and to learn to adopt gratitude, right? So in we see the story in Luke chapter seventeen. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm reading from verse twelve. I'm talking about Jesus, and as he entered a village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at a distance and lifted up their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, just one, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Now he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. It says in the ESV. It says the, your faith has made you well. That word is actually the word saved. And you'll see some translations actually says your faith has saved you. It's the word sozo. Your faith has made you whole. Has saved you. This one that came back and gave him grateful received more than just healing. He received wholeness. And there is an attitude that there in, in, in adopting a, a, an awareness of gratitude is a decision. There is a simple decision that says, you know what, I'm going to step into, I'm going to walk in an awareness and an attitude of gratitude. 
You see, we're so used to, well, I'm going to do it because I feel like it. Or because I feel grateful, I'm going to, I guess I'll be grateful. Well, that's so awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But what about being grateful when you don't feel like it? Does it even occur to you to be grateful when you don't feel like it? You know, we have been going with such a greater salvation, right? We have been forgiven of so much. We've, been, we've gone through. We've been given life and, and, and life eternal. We've been, we've been forgiven all our sins. We've been given a new covenant, etc., etc. There is so much to this eternal salvation that we have been given that there is, it's not hard to look for to be able to be grateful. Amen. And I can tell you what, as, Amer as Americans, if you're living in this nation, you have a lot to be thankful I know we, we hear that all the time. I mean, I have people that come to us, want to come on a crusade trip, uh, on, on a, sorry, a mission trip with us, and they say, you know, we keep hearing this. You know, I know as an American, I'm grateful, I'm really grateful. And, it, and it's such, and you, get, you get told that as Americans all the time, that, that you know what, you should be grateful. Uh, and, and, and most Americans are in context, but, but I tell you what, it takes something to leave the, the boundaries of this and go to a place and see experience firsthand and say, oh, okay, wow, we really do have a lot. And, and really, it's not just for stuff, because if we, if, we, if, if we just rate ourselves as blessed by the level of stuff that you have, that is, that is not true gratefulness. I mean, sure, you'd be grateful for the stuff that you have. But we have so much more than just stuff. Right. I'm telling you, this country is facing challenges, and we have challenges yet to come. But one of the ways we're going to equip ourselves, even for what's coming, is adopting this attitude, this awareness of gratitude because of what it can do to you. It's the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? Yeah. And so we can adopt, we can learn to adopt and, and to approach and to see what we have because it's in giving thanks that we become aware just of how much we really do, we really do have. Um, I, you know, in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, it says this, um, and rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in all circumstances. I love these next few words in the verse. It says, for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. I love that. I always used to wonder as a young Christian, I was like, what is the will of God? God, just show me your will. Just show me your will, God. I want to know what your will is. And then I got so read this verse. Oh, well, this is God's will for you. We'll start the verse again. Rejoice always. It doesn't say rejoice when things are going well. Rejoice when the president or the guy wins the election that you want. No. It says rejoice always. It says pray without ceasing. And, and there is a place that we can do it. I'm not saying that you go and stay on your knees. Obviously, he's not saying you're talking about a prayer that you're always on your knees for. But you can be in awareness of prayer. You can be in communication with yeah. God. Yeah. It's, and and I, I mean, I'm not going to go into deeper. But if you understand what new covenant prayer is, that's very possible. If you see prayer as asking God for stuff, it confuses you. For too long, when we don't know what New Testament prayer is, we think that prayer equals asking God for stuff. 
if I'm not asking God for stuff, then I'm not in prayer. Well, that's not what New Testament prayer is. That's topic for another day, right? Because really, prayer, in a nutshell, is in being in communion with God. It's talking to Him. It's walking with Him. It's walking in communion with Him. It's learning how to operate the keys of the kingdom and so on and so forth. There's so much more to New Testament prayer. But you know what? If we've grown up in a religious place and we think, well, praying is, oh God, please give me. Remember, like the bubblegum machine that I have back in my toy. Oh, there's my toy box. In my toy box, I've got a bubblegum machine. We think like, this is what praying is. Oh God, give me a gumball. Well, whatever your gumball is, right? So, but we see that the giving thanks in, giving thanks, it says thirdly, in all circumstances. And like you've probably heard so many times or before, it doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances. There's a big difference. God says give thanks in some circumstances that suit you. No. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God. So the question is, do you want to operate in the will of God or not? Do you? Is a question that you've got to ask. Do I want to operate in the will of God? You know what? It's easy to know. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Stay in communion with Him. Give thanks in all circumstances. You're going to be in the will of God if you just keep those simple parameters. Walk in God's will by living in this way. In, um, you know, we, we see this that, that, you know, that when people see this, I remember hearing a story years ago about somebody who started giving thanks for the evil situation that was coming before. Because it's, you know, that, that old sovereignty mindset where, where, and I say sovereignty in the worst possible way because I believe that God is sovereign, but not God is in control and gives you circumstances. God is not the author of evil. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. God does not send sickness, disease, and evil or steal from you. He doesn't send you plagues. Anything that's listed as a curse is not from him because he's delivered us from the curse according to Galatians 3.13. So you don't say, oh God, thank you for these curses in my life. Thank you for this disease in my life. No. That's not what it's saying. You don't say thank you. No. Thank you, Lord. I am delivered from the curse. But I can still thank you, God, that you're still my God inside this situation that I'm facing. I know that when I've got a health challenge coming my way, God, I thank you that I am the healed of God, that you have got And so I use the, 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 I use the keys of the kingdom, right? I declare what is bound already in heaven, I bind on earth. Remember, we've used that verse before. I mean, what it's in, um, I, the Amplified puts it the best, but Matthew 16, 19, I will give you the keys of the kingdom and whatever you bind... Declared to be improper and unlawful on earth must be what is already bound in heaven. And what you loose, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. Those are the keys of the kingdom that we are told to use. Again, I've, I've, I've explored that topic at length in, in New Covenant prayer. But that is how we're supposed to live our life. We are the ones that have authority, dare we believe it, to be able to bind and loose on earth with our authority. Amen? Amen. Okay. So now, Colossians 1, if you turn in your Bibles, anybody still got paper Bibles? Okay, awesome. Colossians 1, 11, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. I love this. For all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. Giving thanks to the Father. Man, I think there's so much in there. Whenever I see the word Father... 
Isn't it amazing? It should bring your heart peace to know that he's my dad. Jesus came and taught us father. And when you can retreat into the place where God is really, you know God is father. Man, there's so much to be grateful for. You know, I, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I listen to a few minister friends of mine, and, and sometimes they talk about, um, in other circles, they talk about Jesus very impersonally. They talk about, oh, Christ. And they talk about him like Christ is his first name. Oh, Christ, in, in Christ's name we pray. And, 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 and I think they think it sounds really religious. I just don't like speaking like that. Sorry, I hope I didn't tread on anybody's toes. It's like, in Christ's name we pray. Well, well why don't you use his name then? Because Christ is not his name. Christ means the anointed one. Gee, Christ is not his last name. He wasn't Jesus Christ of Galilee. He was Jesus of Nazareth. He didn't, you know, so in Christ, you know, it was a, it, it, but, it, but you know what Jesus came and introduced, of all the many names of God that he introduced us to, he said, Father. He introduced us to father and you know when when you are you know when we were we were talking in a recent series but when you were introduced into an intimacy that you have with God your father it's embracing him as father so you feel you can snuggle up onto his lap and say dad dad I need to talk to you about something dad I'm really struggling with some issue dad Thank you for your Holy Spirit that lives inside of me. Amen. Giving thanks to your dad, your father, it says in Colossians here, who has qualified you. Man, so much in that verse, right? He is the one who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. You are qualified, not because of nothing you or I have ever done, right? We, we speak about these topics often. You have never been able to qualify for the inheritance, you have been qualified for their inheritance. And to take that home in your heart and say, thank you, God, that I can lay hold of those, those promises. Not because I deserve it, because you have qualified me for the inheritance. Hallelujah. That's a lot to be thankful for right there. You can go live the rest of your life. Enjoy. Thank you. You've qualified me. You have qualified me to share in this inheritance. So powerful. Um, and then I, I, in Ephesians chapter 5, I wanted to just touch on that scripture because it's so powerful and he says in um, uh, in verse 17 of Ephesians 5 therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery but be filled with a spirit or yield to the influence I love that be filled just like you know when you talk about being filled with a spirit it's yielding to the influence of the spirit I could go off on that I'm not going to try not but you your choice you can yield to all kinds of spirits out there, and they're all out there. The spirit of Antichrist is out there, alive and well. Just look at, read the news. Many if you listen to the news or just take it in very small patches, please. Because I tell you what, you can, it's your choice whether you're going to yield to the influence of what spirit. Even as a believer, you can yield to the influence. In any case, sorry, I'm going off on it already. Verse 19, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your mouths. No. Heart. 
giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of a reverence for Christ. There's so much there. Okay, so uh, just take that one home and, and go and meditate on it. But, you know, Paul wrote these things, and so many times we see Paul, whether he was in chains in Rome or was in chains in Philippi, and we see all the things that he, was, that he, he struggled with, that he was able to say, guys, I give thanks for you. This is I got. God, I praise you. You know, in any so on, we see we see these beautiful things. But remember this, you know, when there, there's these, the, we've got to be cognizant, aware of this. When God says something to you as a believer, when you are directed, let me use the nicest word. If you are directed to do something, or commanded, if you will, but let's use the word directed. If you, if God directs you to do something, like Jesus says in in Luke twelve verse seven, He says, for example. Why, even the hairs, the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, for you are made more value than many sparrows. Or Luke 12, 32, 33, he says, oh, I'm sorry, verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. When Jesus gives you a word like that, like fear not, do you know that impregnated in God's word is the ability to do it? We've spoken about fear. I'm not going to go into fear. But when Jesus says, fear not, we are directed not to fear. But you see, what we don't understand, if we don't understand that God's power, God's ability is resident within us. We've spoken about how Jesus, he's, he's, we've become one spirit with the spirit of Christ who's indwelt us and lived permanently within us. If you're born again, the spirit of God indwells you. And you've got to realize the truth of that and, and to allow that and say, I'm, I'm not going to fear. I will not fear. Jesus said, listen, as simply as I can say, Jesus is not going to ask you to do something you are incapable of doing. That's true. He's never going to do that. And so many times in scripture, he says, fear not, fear not. But like I've sp when I've spoken about on the topic of fear, if he says to you, fear not, how many people, how many believers live their lives subject to fear? So, when, so I just want to use that example because when he says, be thankful, it's the same thing. You have the ability to be thankful. Um, and and I, I touched on this last week, but Colossians 3, verse 14, uh, this is the putting off, this is putting on the new man. Remember, the transformation process that, that we've spoken about so often is putting off the old man, renewing your mind, and putting on the new. There is a process to this. This is not working, um, this is allowing you to be who you, God has already made you in Christ. Yeah. You're not faking it. You are not a sinner saved by grace. You, when if you're born again, you have been made a new creature in Christ. Everything is new. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. You are a new creature. So how do you put that new creature on? Right? You put off the old, renew your mind, and put on the new. And Colossians 3 is one of the great chapters where he talks about putting off this, putting off that, putting off this, putting off that. And there's an element for you to put off and give yourself space, give yourself allowance to put off some stuff. 
We're coming to the end of the year, right? And there's the New Year's resolutions. I don't like New Year's resolutions so much. I believe in dedication. That's why I want to do a communion and dedication. Because you, you, don't, you don't have to say, this is who I am in the sense that this is your identity. You've got to realize who your true identity is. You've got to, I see it, and we're going to touch on this a little bit next week and how we can do that. You've got to learn how to visualize and see this is my true identity. This is the real Shannon or the real David or the real T or the real whoever, Terry, whatever. You've got to see this is the real me. You see, when you, when, when you have a misplaced identity, then you are trying to put off something that you believe is still you. Instead of saying, hold on a second. I am a new creature. What does my new creature look like? And you've got to learn to put on what the new man is. So it's a process. That's why that renewing the mind is part of it. Putting off the old and putting on the new. And then he says in this, in, in verse 14 through uh, 17 here, he says, uh, I'm, I, just for the sake of time, he says this, uh, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, in verse 15, in um, to which indeed you were called, and be thankful. Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's, man, what can you say? You've got to let the word of Christ, you've got to let the words of Jesus dwell in you. Dwell in you. But you know what we have? We have the word of Fox News and Instagram dwelling in us. No. Especially no. <laughs> Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual song with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Amen. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God. There it is, three times in those three verses. Giving thanks, giving thanks, giving thanks, giving thanks. Colossians 4.2, Stead, continue steadfastly in prayer, be watchful with thanksgiving. So question is, ask yourself, what am I looking at? Where are your eyes? Where are the eyes of your physical eyes? Sure, but where are the eyes of your heart? In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, but we have this treasure in jars of, of clay, to show the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. That's Paul. We've said this. He has these light afflictions, right? Paul talks about his light afflictions. I'm telling you guys, buckle up. You know that we're not a church. We're a church that preaches about the love of God and the power of God. And we're going to get into it. I'm telling you, we are not going to play religious games. And I am directed by God to equip you for what is to come. If you will. If you want to be equipped for, yes, for what is to come, it's your choice. Amen. In verse 15, he says, for it is all... Um, for it is all for your sake, so that the grace extends more and more to people. For the, uh, it, sorry, and more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Oh, that's right. He, he's talking over here. So he says, we do not lose heart through the outer nature's wasting away. Our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. We look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen 
are eternal. So here, he, there's, there's a lot of truth. But he says, I don't look at the things that are seen. He says, my outer body is wasting away, but inside I am being renewed every day. Guess what? Choice. You could be persecuted, struck down, all, have all of these things. You could be facing things, persecutions. You could be facing stonings and imprisonings and lashings and shipwrecks and etc. etc. But what are you going to keep your eyes on? Because I can tell you what, most Christians who haven't allowed the truth of God to penetrate and they've just played religious games, as soon as something happens, oh God, why did you do that to me? Because they still believe he's in control. They've allowed that, that evil doctrine of God is in control and makes everything happen to increase in their belief system, which is most of Christianity today, let me just state. So then because it sneaks in, oh God, you did this. God didn't do that. And I know some of you are new. You've not heard me talk about sovereignty in that sense. I will get to it. But remember this, God does not control every circumstance. You get to choose what you will do. You get to choose in free will. You get to choose if you will speed or not. You get to choose if you'll drink and jump, jump behind a wheel or not. You get to choose whether you're going to listen to what the Spirit of God tells you to or not. Don't blame God. Don't, don't blame God for some other evil person or by, by somebody else's stupidity or etc., etc., right? But, but seriously, if we... We've got to allow ourselves to become led by the Spirit of God to such a place where we are sensitive to the Spirit of God that we know God. I'm not saying, I, I, listen, I know some of you are already going off on a tangent here. God is the supreme power. There is no one supremely but Him. He is supreme truth. He does not control people's choices. If He could, Cain would not have killed Abel. Judas would not have stolen money. You can go on. There would be no sickness and disease. There would be on and on. It would look like the garden. If God had his way, it would either look like garden or the heaven. We see God's, it would look like the, God made it originally. So that, now to, I know to a religious mind, I, I, I just, sorry, I'm going to go, I, <laughs> my sovereignty <laughs> thing is an issue with me because it's, it, it has deceived so many people into thinking that God is evil. It has caused so many people to reject God because they look at their circumstances and then blame God for their circumstances. I, I, yeah, man, God help me. I can go off on this for a long time. I, I read something somebody else said. I, 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 sometimes I say these news broadcasts because somebody says, uh, I, some soccer player, some of you may have been watching the, the news recently, having final game, fell hurt themselves in the first seven minutes and said, that's proof there is no God. Because they fell and had an ex... You know why? You know why people think that? You know why people think that? You can't fall and have an accident because that proves that there's no God or that God's not good. Because that's what they've been told by religion. Religion preaches to them. That's why they think that God is good, and, and, and if God is good, then only good things would happen. Well, I guess God's, you see, all this evil just proves there's no God. You are responsible 
to letting truth pervade your heart till you are established in knowing these things, that when things happen, you know who it's from, or the, who comes, the, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Right. I have come that you may have life and life more abundantly. Yeah. Now, let me just say this. The topic of sovereignty is a passion of mine. I can go on to it. I can me- preach messages on it, um, and I just don't have the time today. But this is what I, want, I wanted you to see here. That Paul says, in these circumstances, he says, he says, I'm not these, this is what he says, he says, I'm not looking at the things that are seen, I'm looking at the things that are unseen. The things that are seen are temporary, the things that are unseen are eternal. And you and I have to determine that we are going to look at the things that are unseen. So you have to ask yourself, what am I looking at? What am I considering? Because if you keep looking at your bank account, if you keep looking at the results of elections, if you keep looking at different things externally, you are going to be misled. And I'm telling you, one of the biggest things when when I start talking about the end times, which I believe that I'm supposed to start talking about a little bit so that we can just be a little prepared, one of the biggest things you'll see is deception. Deception, deception, deception. And there is only one remedy against deception. Truth. Truth. What will you choose to believe? True worship. True worship is thanksgiving. You know, when when we're in worship, and you've heard me mention this before, when we're in worship, we're not just singing songs because that's what you do in church. You sing a couple of songs so you can kind of get in the mood, and then the guy gets to bore you with a message. (laughs) Guys, you know, you, you know, we're not inflating God. God doesn't need inflation. He doesn't need to be pumped up. God doesn't need your worship. He enjoys your worship. The thing that makes your worship beautiful to Him is your will. That's right. Because you choose to worship Him. You choose to bring a heart of gratitude towards Him. Yeah. I, I, you know, in, in uh, 1 Chronicles 29 verse 10... <clears throat> Therefore, David blessed the Lord in the presence of the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. And you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. And in your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name. Isn't it good? Man, it's so powerful. Psalm 147, verse 1. Um, Praise the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God. For it is pleasant, and a song of praise is fitting. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and gives them all of them their names. Great is our Lord, abundant in power. His understanding is beyond measure. The Lord lifts up the humble and casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Make melody (laughs) to our God on the lyre. Man, there's so much to be grateful to. To worship God with to acknowledge His greatness, right? And then, of course, Psalm 136. We couldn't, we couldn't read all 26 verses because he says this, but just to start. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His steadfast love or His mercy endures some of the time. Forever. Give thanks to the God of gods for His steadfast love or chesed. Man, 
endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of Lords for his steadfast love endures forever. Sometimes you need to remind yourself that his steadfast love endures forever. It doesn't matter how you're feeling today. His chesed, his, his mercy, his, I mean, I'm just trying to think of all the words for chesed. There's so many powerful words for chesed. But his, his mercy endures forever. His love, his kindness endures forever. So, Don't let a spirit or an attitude of ingratitude or carelessness harden your heart. That's right. If you only wait to feel great, gratif- uh, grateful, you will slowly be hardened. Your heart can slowly turn cold towards God. Don't allow that to happen. Allow your heart to be sensitive and yielding. You know, I I, I quoted this from Billy Graham, made the statement. He said, uh, I said this last week as well. Nothing turns us bitter, self, uh, nothing turns us into bitter, selfish, dissatisfied people more quickly than an ungrateful heart. And nothing will do more to restore contentment and the joy of salvation than a true spirit of thankfulness. That's powerful. And it's very, very very true. I, I, uh, I, Corin mentioned this to me, and I went and looked it up, and I verified it, except there were two variations. Jim Carrey, the famous ac- actor that you, that you know from a bunch of movies, he said this. He said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and have or do any, everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that that's not the answer. That's powerful. Way to go, Jim Carrey. You know, he, but I mean, that's true. You know, if we, we pursue these things thinking that it's going to reach, and he says, he knows that it doesn't. He knows that it doesn't. I just want to finish off with this, 2 Corinthians 9, 12. For the ministry of this service, and he's talking, 2 Corinthians 9 is talking about financial grace, giving. And it's, and it's a powerful chapter, and many of us have taught on it, and, 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 it, and it is talking about financially blessing and sowing you know, if you sow generously, you're going to reap generously. And it is talking about money in that particular chapter. Not a lot of scriptures that talk about giving don't talk about money. They talk about being generous with mercy and generous with forgiveness and so on. But this one is. And, and, and he's talking, and he encourages us to have a heart of generosity. And that's not obviously my topic. But in verse 12, he says this. For, this ministry, uh, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of saints, but is overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. I love that. You know, when you're generous, you stir up thanksgiving to God. And he says, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission flowing from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. While they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace upon you, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Amen. Amen. You know, this topic is a big one, but I know that as your hearts hear what he's saying, right? It's not a feeling. Gratitude is not a feeling. (coughs) Gratitude is something we adopt. There's a persuasion. When you understand how much power is in living a life of gratitude, it can change relationships around you. And I mean that. It can change your marriage. 
It can change relationships with your children. Test it. I just ask, don't fake it. Allow your heart to be persuaded with gratitude. Learn to see the things that are unseen. Learn to say, Lord, help me to see those things that you have given me. But learn to be grateful. Genuinely, just given, you know, you, God, as I said, God has given you the ability to, to do anything that he says. So just say, you know what, Lord, I, I choose to do that. And, and, and you know what? Try it out. If you're not somebody who's typically grateful, start thanking people. Not only, I mean, like, thank the person who checked you out at Walmart. Don't say, well, it's their job. Yes, it is their job. But how about just stopping for three extra seconds and being genuinely thankful and just saying that, hey, I really appreciate you helping me today. Thank you. Just do things like that. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. You, you know what? You make the world a brighter place by that smile. Thank you. Learn to adopt that. Be, be, you know, we so take our spouses for granted, right? Oh, they're supposed to do this, or they're supposed to do that, or they should. Adopt an attitude where it says, thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. And I want to thank you, Lake Haven, for being a people that hear God, that being a people that are willing to go on a journey of discipleship. Amen? Because it is disciples that we're called to be. Amen. And I tell you what, we're stronger together than apart. Amen. Amen. Father, we're grateful for everything that you've given us. We're so grateful, Lord, for this greater salvation, this inexpressible gift that you've given us of the good news of the gospel, that you love us unconditionally, that you have plans for us, good ones, that your desire is good. And Father, we choose to follow you. We choose to hear your voice. We choose to lean in to what you have to say. If you consider your life, is there room to be more grateful? I believe it's true for every one of us. And if we've particularly had an attitude of ingratitude, then I, I want you to do something in your own heart. See before you in your imagination and you as an ungrateful person. <coughs> and realize that that's not the real you. That's not the new you. And then send that away. You can often use your words and say, you know what, I send in that ungratefulness or that ingratitude, I send that away. That is not who Jesus made me to be. Jesus made me to be thankful. So I put on thankful attitude. That is who I truly am. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given me these things so many things thank you father I can call you my dad but I can embrace this inheritance that you have given me not because I've earned it but because you have 
thank you for your great life and love. I want to remind you, you are loved. You are loved more than you know. You are loved as you sit there, no matter what you have done. You are loved. Jesus has paid a price for you. Thank you, Lord, that as we determine to let truth persuade our hearts, like light, it pushes darkness away. And so, Lord, we just yield. We open our hearts to yield to your light and your truth. Thank you for life. Thank you for your life and love. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Now, this morning, if you don't know Jesus, if you're watching on, obviously, please just embrace the Lord. If you're here, if you came with a friend, or if you're watching online and you don't know Jesus, I'm telling you that the first place to meet Jesus is just in an honest attitude of saying, Jesus, I need you. I'm telling you, I promise you that that is the spot. There's no magic prayer. It's a heart that comes to God and says, Lord Jesus, I need you. When you come to Jesus with that heart and say, Jesus, I need you, I'm telling you, I believe that he's there to save you in a moment and change your heart. And if that's a decision that you've made today, then come and speak to us, one of our prayer counselors, our prayer ministers in front. And and if you're online, please do the same. Contact the number on your screen now, our texting church number, or just send the word prayer. And Or if if you're outside the USA, use WhatsApp. That same number works on WhatsApp. But reach out to us because we want to follow up with you. We love you. We want to send you something. Make sure that you have some follow-up materials. And if you're here, um, know that not only that, but anything. We've got such awesome prayer ministers. I tell you what, if some of you who have have, have spoken to to um, to our prayer ministers would know that they don't just you, you're not just that. You're not just a you're not just a, a number to them. They don't just treat you all the same. They know how to hear what your heart is. They know how to agree with you. They know how to to help you. Amen. Is there something else? We're good. I think we're good. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, enjoy the rest of November, as short as it is. If you uh, remember, remember, if you are in any life groups, most life groups shut down at the end of this semester and they start again in January. But uh, unless you are already in a life group and know that your life group is continuing, like healing you is continuing uh, this Sunday afternoon. Um, but otherwise, most life groups are coming. And like I said, December, I know November, December is a busy time for you all. So we love you. Um, remember, reach out to us. This is a busy season. Be sensitive, guys. just want to say that. Be sensitive to people around you. Some of the saddest times that people experience are this Christmas season. Really. So hear God, be listening, be looking for people. If you are alone, remember, reach out to us um, and connect with us. We love you guys. Have a great Sunday and the rest of the week.